welcome to this episode of the Dedicated Podcast. My name is Caitlin. Thank you so much for clicking the play button on this video. Thank you for giving this podcast a chance. I want to first say a huge thank you to everyone who has subscribed to this podcast so far. Um, I haven't been able to get into my Apple account for some reason, so I'm not actually I'm I'm having trouble being able to see who's actually listening on Apple. Um, but everyone else who's listening on Spotify. Um, I can see you very uh, clearly. Thank you so much for subscribing and checking out this podcast. Um, this podcast, like I said, has not, has not had any really specific plan to it. All I know is that I feel that um, our current world and the current young people of our world just need a whole lot of encouragement. Encouragement that I believe they're not getting enough of everywhere else. Encouragement to be kind, upstanding, um, compassionate, um, dutiful, diligent young people who look at the, who can look in the future and see hope despite how awful a world, our world can be. And, um, understanding the power of, um, the power of individuals, but also the power of communities and I think young people are missing a whole lot of, you know, a sense of community that maybe our country was used to having, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. That's different now. And um, uh, with all the progressiveness that we've had up till this point, we've lost a lot of crucial things, a lot of things that are associated with tradition, but maybe have been thrown away with other things associated with tradition along with it, you know throwing out the baby with the bathwater. There's a lot of things about tradition, about how the way things used to be that maybe need to be brought back. So I am going on a tangent, but <laughs> I just really want to encourage people who are listening. Um, I don't claim to know anything, or sorry, not anything. I do know, know some things. I don't claim to know everything. I am learning. This is a learning journey podcast. So if you are like me and you're looking for purpose and um, looking for community, and um, looking for truth, then I hope you stick around and listen to more episodes and hopefully interact um, a little bit on social media or on Spotify where I asked you what you thought about this um, episode. So I wanted to come back to the um, where I left off talking about certain parts of my upbringing when it comes to... Um, my relationship with God, with Christianity, with going to church. Um, there's a lot to say on this on this topic because, you know, I want to go into my experience, like my personal experience and what I learned from it, what I got from it, what I wish was different, but also about Christianity itself. Um, there's been a huge shift in the last 30, 40 years Um a shift into trying to, trying to find meaning in other things that don't involve God, and which is a sad thing because imagine creating something so beautiful and you're so happy to have created this thing or a being in your own image and you give it love and you give it um, potential and you give it care and you give it priority and then it turns its back against you. And doesn't want anything to do with you anymore. Sometimes I think about that and I think about the heart of God and how much it must be aching. Like beyond 
anything we could ever imagine. Yes, like, yes, we go through some pretty terrible things on this earth and in this country, but just, just the heartache of God seeing his own creation turn its back against him over and over and over again, despite how much he's given us mercy, despite the fact he gave his only son, his only son to die for our sins because there is a price on our head for the sins that we commit, whether we like to believe that or not. It's true. And someone had to, someone innocent had to die so that we don't have to or had to um, loose our, the ch- our chains you know, connected to eternal um, darkness, basically, a, you know, eternity without, without God, without light. He had to, he had to get the keys to our chains so that we have a fighting chance of actually spending eternity with Him, in light, in love, at at His feet, worshiping Him for eternity, in happiness and in joy, and true fulfillment. Now that we have the chance to do that, and we all still choose to turn away from him. Um, I think people, I don't, I don't think people realize just how sad that is and how much sadness we can bring to a being who we all associate with being hard and, and um, unloving and unmerciful. When really, I think, considering how unmerciful our history has been as as a as humanity, I don't think mercy has been on the table for very long. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you know. Anyway, we won't get into all that. Maybe in another episode, I do want to look into like human rights and what God's what God's hand was in you know, create, like setting up what we know as our God-given human rights and, you know, how other people have appropriated what God has given us and, you know, compare what we, compare what we are entitled to, to what we are not. Because I think a lot of people think, a lot of people think that we as a, as humanity are entitled to a lot of things that we're not when really most of what we have are just gifts and we're all just walking around with a big head full of pride, thinking that we can do whatever the heck we want because, you know, or we need to be angry about every little thing because something is, something that is rightfully ours is being taken away. I'm like, well, don't know about that. Most of the time, what you have and what you expect is really just a gift and you really shouldn't be expecting it. It's nice to have it. Love is not, is, is not something you were entitled to. I think people forget that. Like, you are worthy of love. You, you, you know, you deserve love. I hate that saying. It's so entitled. Don't you think? You deserve love. What, th- what have you done to deserve love? And I don't think we can, like, can we do, really do anything to deserve, to deserve someone else's, um, someone else's, I mean, love isn't really a feeling, but considering like feelings, considering love as a feeling right now, what what can we do to to deserve other people's love? Love being such a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? I think the only person deserving of love is God because of what he did for us. 
What, what were they talking about? Okay, let's just go back to the beginning. Um, <laughs> I told you there's a lot that I could say about this. I'm just not. I, 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 I do these episodes just very off the cuff, and I think that's the best way to do it because I'll try to, you know, if I write, no, write out notes, I'll be, like, fighting to fit in certain points and certain certain parts of what I'm saying, and it just won't fit right. <laughs> I'm afraid it's going to be like that. Um, so I grew up in um, going to church. Uh, I guess, I don't know what denomination you could call it, evangelical, I suppose. Um, I, de- I need to do more. I just hit my hand on the table. Ouch. <laughs> um, I do need to do more research on, like, what the difference is between the the denominations. I don't like the idea of denominations in the first place. That's probably why I haven't really gone into it yet because I think they're all pretty much useless. <laughs> um, because, yeah, we'll get into that. So I guess whatever I was, you know, into, um, yeah, the, the, I was basically going to like one or two churches throughout my whole upbringing and, uh, my family was loyal to that one particular church, um, here in, um, Southern California. Um, and, um, I loved it. I mean, it gave me purpose. Um, I made friends and, you know, those, those relationships I had were the basis of my upbringing and my, like the majority of my life revolved around church. I was going to church multiple times a week for one reason or another. Um, yeah, it, it was the focal point of my life, especially until I went to started going to public school. Um, because I was homeschooled up until about fourth grade. And then I started going to a charter school and then I left the charter school in the middle of eighth grade. So about for about four years, I was going to public school. And um, I guess, well, you can call charter schools and public schools. Those overlap, right? That's what I've been told anyway. Um, so yeah, my main focal point of my life and my parents took me out of both public school and church at about the same time, around the same time. I think I was actually actually taken out of public school first and then church came later. And I already told you the story about um, how I was pulled out of church and how chaotic it felt and how there was no, it, it just felt like the rug was pulled out from underneath my feet and how I wouldn't um, encourage, I would encourage parents not to go about taking your children out of certain things like that. I mean, yes, they are children and they don't really know better and you do have to guide their lives up until a certain age and that is the parenting thing to do. That is the right thing to do. However, the way you do it does matter, I think. You know, if you're, if your school, if the school that your kids are going to are teaching your kids things you don't, that doesn't align with your values, you should absolutely take them out of school if you can and give them a better option, whether that's another school that's more privatized or maybe a homeschooling group or a homeschooling by yourself. You know, really, I empower you to do that because you are the parent and you know better most of the time, <laughs> most parents know better, I should say. Um, but there is a way to go about it that doesn't, that doesn't completely shake your child's whole life because, you know, especially if they have spent their whole lives in a specific spot, in a specific place, that's all they know, you know, the people they've grown relationships with it, with whether or not those relationships are the, the, the best 
Like, yeah, maybe they could find better friends somewhere else. But they're so young and they don't know how how big the world is and what, like, they don't have a good understanding of the opportunities that surround your their day-to-day life. They think that what you give them is their life. So you need to make sure that what you are giving them is hope with and, 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 and grace with the life that you are providing for them. If you're planning out their whole day, you know, and very, they have very little chance for spontaneity because you want to keep them safe, understandably. You need to, underst- you, need to um, you know, help, help them get through the, that kind of life transition um, as, as smoothly as possible. And, you know, and it's tough because sometimes the parents go through that same thing, but, and they themselves are going through, like, we don't know anything. We don't know what we're doing. We're just trying to do things better for our family. Um, and we don't really know where to go from here. Totally understandable. Just please remember that you have an idea of potential outside of your day-to-day life. There is a, There are other things to do. There are other people to meet. There will always be other people to meet and other things to do. Your children don't understand that. Their life is their life and that's it, basically. At least that's what I have observed. So if you're going to do that, just please be careful about it. That's what we talked about last time. Um, but while I was at church, I um, some things I did was I um, obviously went to Sunday school. I have a lot of fond memories of Sunday school. Um, my different teachers that I had... Um, I think about you, if, if there any of you are listening, I think about you guys all the time, and I pray that you're all doing very well. Um, my own my own parents were Sunday school teachers at some point, at, at, at certain phases of my childhood. So that was interesting, having my own mom and dad lead the Sunday school teachings. Um, some of it, yeah. I'm just thinking of one particular... Um, memory that I'm having. I'm wondering if I should share it or not. I don't think so. (laughs) I'm really thinking hard about this. Should I share this memory? Okay, I'll share it. Um, I remember once I was really young. I was really little. I was probably like five, four, something like that. Very early memory. I must have been. I don't even remember my sister being in Sunday school because she's three years younger than me. So I remember I was taken upstairs to the, to the restroom by one of the, um, one of the Sunday school assistants. And um, I came back having obviously not known what was going on back in the Sunday school room. And immediately when I stepped foot into the room, my dad <laughs> yelled at me to sit down out of nowhere. <laughs> I'm thinking back at this because I'm just, I'm looking at it from the perspective of someone looking, like, on the outside looking in. He was probably so mad that the other kids were being very disruptive, as any young kid in a school setting will be will be at one point or another. <laughs> and so he was probably getting them all, trying to get them all to settle down. And, um, you know... Uh, and then I walk back in his own kid, and he doesn't realize that he's talking to his own daughter. I'm pretty sure. And as soon as I step into the room, he just 
points at me and tells me to sit down like at the top of his voice. And I undo what I'm told, but then I immediately burst into tears because I don't <laughs> know what's going on. Is this a reflex? And so the same attendant who took me to the bathroom had to pick me up and take me into another room until I settled down. <laughs> Comfort me. Oh my gosh. It's, always, it's not a, like a fond memory, but like as I'm looking at this memory as someone else looking in, like kind of like as a comedy thing. I don't know. I find humor in that. It was a very long time ago. <laughs> um, so yeah, but like I said, there were a lot of, lot of good memories, a lot of good memories. Um, I remember I used to take dance. There were like classes. They were offering classes at one point, like different kinds of, um, I think it was classes. I'm sure there were other classes besides ours because we had a dance class like every, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday night. So we did hip hop. And so it was me and my friends trying out hip hop. I remember being very good at it. <laughs> um, no, not that I shouldn't say that because I was a kid. I probably wasn't that good. I was decent at remembering choreography. I was decent at learning and remembering and teaching choreography from a very young age. Um, so the moves and the directions and the, the um, what is that word? Coordination to input all of those dance moves at the right beats of music came pretty easily to me. So I remember being the one getting it very quickly, like getting it first and trying to teach everyone else. And the one or two times, the very few times, I shouldn't say one or two, very few times, however many times that was, that I couldn't get the, the choreography as well as I would like to. So it was a bit more advanced. The times where the choreography got a little bit more advanced, I remember being so mad. Because <laughs> I wasn't used to it being, I wasn't used to it being so difficult. That was the thing. I think I was a child who I got a lot of things very quickly. There were a lot of things that I tried that came to me very easily. Um, and then I remember getting into, when, when I started going to, getting into middle school, I think that's when I realized how, uh, I don't know, how untalented I was. <laughs> um, I realized that I wasn't all that in a bag of chips. It was very humbling, um, because everything I had tried up to that point, I was not bad at it. You know, I, I was grasping a lot of different things I tried very, very well, I would say. It seemed like it, at least from my point of view as a youngster. So I would be, you know, getting the choreography really well and really fast and teaching others how it works. And, um, um, yeah, I guess looking back, I guess someone would call me maybe like borderline teacher's pet sometimes. I remember in school I was called like a, I was compared to like a goody two-shoes. I don't know if I was ever called that specifically, but like, I don't know. I was just known as that Christian kid who didn't lie, and that's why like I knew what all the gossip was, and people at times who came to me to find out what the gossip was because they knew I was listening, but I, and they knew I couldn't lie. <laughs> so I would, you know, the, the unpopular kid who wanted friends, but the only way these friends would talk to me is to get the gossip. So, yeah, not a good situation. Um, what else? I remember um, 
I remember my, I, I was friends with my pastor's kids. So very often, like best friends with them. So I remember going to their house like every one, like every other Sunday or every other week. I'd be at my friend, my friend Kayla's house. And um, yeah, it, we had a lot of fun. I remember during the summer, I went, went to the beach with them every week. They're really good people. They felt like my second family. It was it was a lot of fun. Those are a lot of good memories. One particular memory I remember of being at their house and um, it was raining and we were so like cooped up inside. So we brought out the scooters and the 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 bikes and we we rode through the puddles out in the in the in the sidewalks. The puddles forming on the sidewalks in the rain. That's one of my favorites. One of my favorite memories of hanging out with those friends. Um, because, uh, yeah, even though, like, their only daughter was my best friend at the time, like, her brothers were pretty, were pretty fun, too. <laughs> Hopefully, if they're ever listening to this, I hope you guys know that you were de- really fun. You are really fun to be around. And um, thank you for your friendship at that, at that time, all three of you. Um, what else? I remember there were a lot of, oh, my sister. My older sister was the um, worship leader. So she was like the band leader of the worship team at church for a majority of the time I was at church. Um, she like, she wasn't the mid worship leader the entire time I was there. But I have the most memories from when she was. And I remember from a very young age, from like the age of seven, I started singing on the worship team too. Um, And I grew into my voice and I started backing up her vocals specifically. I remember being really frustrated when I couldn't couldn't learn harmonies really well. Um, Because I wanted to get everything right and I wanted to get everything well. But... (laughs) um, I was young and I just couldn't get it yet. Um, I think I'm better at finding harmonies now, hopefully, because I still sing quite a bit. I actually do owe that experience a lot to my current interest in performing arts. And oh, that's another episode. My theater years. I should talk about that another episode. So much fun. I love theater. Theater is so much fun. It's very politicized now, which is why I don't do a whole lot of it now, but. It'd be really cool to start my own theater company, like a non-politicized theater company, or just, you know, I don't know. I don't really know exactly how I would make it, but I just know that because I believe Saturday is the Sabbath. I would like to start a theater company where people weren't expected to come and work at the theater on Saturdays. And I know like theater, like Saturday is a very big go out and do fun things kind of day, which includes going to theater. So and we would probably lose that, like any business trying to cancel, any theater business trying to cancel Saturdays is probably going to lose, make them lose a lot of money. <laughs> so I'm like, but there has to be a way to, you know, um, has to be a way to obey the laws of God and do this really, really fun activity and that it can include kids and adults alike who are really interested in singing and acting and dancing. Um, and I can have peace of mind knowing that I'm obeying God's law as best as I can. 
I'd really like to do that. But yeah, I did a bit of theater at at church as well. We did holiday, um, holiday skits and plays. We we planned them weeks in advance. I remember um, there were some really good ones. I mean, on, at the time, like now, they they seem pretty bare bones. But back then, like we pulled out all the stops. I remember, I remember there were days where I would be there at the church and in the main auditorium. Me and my friends would be there helping a few of the adults and the pastors set up the decorations for like Christmas and Easter and all the other holidays. Those were fun memories. I loved being helpful. I loved being helpful. I loved being needed and being there to help put up all the beautiful holiday decorations and, you know, having a say in where things are going and, you know, not a whole lot, but maybe a little bit, you know what I mean? (laughs) I remember for one play, I helped choreograph some dancing. Um, And I remember I had a few solos for some of the songs. I wasn't that great of a soloist. I was okay with a group, singing with a group, but not a soloist. (laughs) Um, I remember that. Um, Man, oh man. Like I said, I really do owe a lot of my 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 current hobbies and appreciations and um, yeah, a lot of things I do now I owe it to the opportunities that were given me back then. One other thing that I did on opposite um, for a while there, opposite Sundays, I would either either be on stage singing with the band. Or I would be in the booth in the back with all the sound equipment. Um, but in the, I wasn't messing with the sound equipment. I was actually messing with the video and projection equipment. So every other Sunday, I would go to get to church early. And I would set up the projector, set up the computer, make sure that all the songs that we were singing had the lyrics um, correct, like correct on PowerPoint. I was a pro, man. I was the pro at PowerPoint back then. (laughs) I remember me and my best friend, we were both like two of the few people. I don't know how many other people did. I think at one point it was just me and her doing the PowerPoint presentations for the worship service. Um, and so we would share this responsibility and it was so much fun. I felt like we were in our own little club, you know, the video projection girls, (laughs) the tech girls of, of church. And, um, yeah. So our responsibilities were like turning on the computers and making sure everything was set up and it looked pretty and had pretty backgrounds and all the lyrics were readable and understandable and correct. And also the worship team relied on our lyrics sometimes like the lyrics on the screen when they forgot it. So we definitely had to be on top of what part of the song they were on. Um, And I was a singer, but my best friend was a pianist. So she was actually on the worship team for a while as well uh, on the piano. And so our relationship with the worship team was very multifaceted. And it was even more important that we were both like, they helped us understand music um, because like not, not from just the perspective of being on the stage, but also from the perspective of helping the people on the stage by making sure that our lyrics and, you know, were right. And you had to bring up this, a certain PowerPoint slide, depending on the, uh, the part of the song they were on. 
So if they're expecting lyrics to a certain part of the song and you put up another part of the song, you could derail the whole worship service. <laughs> oh my God, I just realized that's probably why I want to be a stage manager so much. I never thought of that. So yeah, um, I would go into this in another episode like more deeply, but I really, like one of my dreams is to be a stage manager. And I have gotten a bit of a taste of it doing a bit of theater um, a while back. Um, but I never did the full responsibilities of a stage manager, which includes calling the show, which is when you are, like I said, in the back, in the booth, basically. And you um, are communicating with the whole, the whole technical team and all the stagehands, making sure that all the lights are, are on cue, making sure all the, the video projections are on cue, all of the, the sets, the set changes, um, all the, you know, all the right people are on stage and you have to call all the cues as they go throughout the show. And if you mess up, if you call the wrong cue, you know, most like <laughs> you could derail the whole, the whole show. I don't know. There's just something about that that seems so terrifying, but so much fun at the same time. Anyway, um, I guess I got part of that, that love for theater from church. Um, and I, I got, a, I felt a lot of purpose from that job, from being at church and being expected to be there. There were times where it felt really bad. And I know the the pastor, he had to talk with me a few times because I wasn't getting to church on time. Um, and if, man, if you're a theater kid, you know exactly what song I was thinking of when I just said that. It was a very specific song from My Fair Lady <laughs> called Get Me to the Church on Time. Anyway, whenever I say that, my mind just goes straight to that song. <laughs> um, anyway. So I wasn't getting to church on time. Of course, I was young. I wasn't driving. So I had to depend on my parents to get me to church on time. And a lot of the times we were not going to getting to church on time. You had to get to church early, actually. I wasn't getting to church early enough to actually prepare um, enough to have the PowerPoint slides um, ready and stuff like that. So I'd be getting to church late and having my job taken away from me. And, man, if that was sometimes it, it felt like the most demoralizing thing for me um because I I had a purpose that was my purpose that was my job and the fact that I wasn't fully able to to complete my work complete my job the best that I could and it was out of my hands a lot of the times um was it was kind of soul crushing at the at the time um it felt like a bigger deal than it actually is at the time so um, yeah, I didn't like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was great while it lasted. Um, and I get a lot of my current work ethic and my current values and, um, yeah. I wish I could thank all of the people who, who were responsible for my, not 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 really my spiritual upbringing, although yes, yes, thank you to those wonderful people who took the time to teach me stories and biblical principles back then. Um, 
but people who gave me a purpose, people who gave me a job, people who gave me um, love and support and, you know, gave me a, a safe place to be myself and to make new friends. And, um, you know, I, did, I was so young, I didn't really know all the things going on behind the scenes that, you know, what the adults were dealing with. Um, but it was, it was a good, I think it was in general, a very good experience for me. So I think I'm going to end this episode right here, but I really want to do a part two, I think. So, um, stay tuned for that because there's a lot that I want to talk about and a lot of lessons and, and yeah, lessons to learn from my childhood in church. Um, and maybe things that you and I um, have in common. What can you relate to? Um, anything that I said today that you can relate to from your childhood in church, or maybe you've never gone to church and you are fascinated by the kind of experience I had, and maybe it sounds like nothing you expected church to be. Please let me know. Um, church can be a lot of things, and um, depends on where you go and what denomination denomination you decide to be a part of, and you know, because like my an old friend of mine, she's Catholic, and her experience going to church is much different than mine. So, you know, and um, yeah, so yeah, please stay tuned for the, uh, for the next part. Thank you so much again for listening, giving this podcast a chance, um, for um. <laughs> Um, putting up with all my rambling <laughs> as I do not have a set set plan for my re- episodes, but it is fun to just share with you as if I was talking to a friend. Anyway, the Lord loves you. I hope you know that. Please have a wonderful rest of your day and I will see you soon. Bye-bye.